Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Yesterday we looked at the word representing the wood that is on those altars that you've been knowing. Praise King Jesus. We also learned that having a broken heart and being repentant stands in representation of the bricks and the stones from the altars that you know. We are now describing ourselves. If I'm to be that perfect altar, if I am that altar that I'm talking about, I need to be grounded with the word. That means you have to read your Bible season in, season out. Whether your MC leaders told you to outline it or not, the Bible, the word should be part of you. You should have a broken and repentant heart. And we come to realize that having a repentant heart doesn't come by you waking up just one single day and you're like, from today onwards, I've repented. That is trying to sort things on your own. But we realize that having the broken and repentant heart comes by grace. It is by the grace of God that you reach that point of repentance. It is by the grace of God that you come to the point of acknowledgement that I've been moving in the wrong way. And then by the grace of God, you are able to turn. If you've been going to Chitintale, you turn and go back to Luzira. That is the repentance we are talking about. And we went ahead and got to know that our altars also need to have prayers. Physically, this is the fire and the essence that you see. The wood produces fire. And so instead of the fire that you all knew, instead of the essence, this time round our altars need to be surrounded with prayers. And that means if you are a Christian, if you are truly an altar and you're not praying, then your altar is lacking something. Praise King Jesus. We also went ahead and learned that these altars are not altars unless they have a sacrifice. And yesterday we entered deep into this and got to realize that the perfect sacrifice that we can ever give, that has ever been given, is that of Jesus Christ. We realize that all the hands you've been looking at with hope that you'll sacrifice, they carry no power. All those gods you've been taking care of properly, knowing that the doll do this, I'll carry it to the altar. They're not going to do you any good. But the blood was actually shed once and for all. This blood was shed at Calvary, and it was for the remission of our sins. After this blood was shed, we were made white as snow. After this blood was shed, we attained the righteousness of God. After this blood was shed, we got inheritance in heaven. And we are therefore called the children of God. Boldly, praise King Jesus. That is because of that sacrifice. And yesterday we also got to learn that there is power in the sacrifice. There is power in this sacrifice. And we realize that besides the sacrifice, dying for us and doing all that, we attained life. We became his fullness and he took our everything. He took everything that you looked at yourself and judged yourself. And he gave you his righteousness. He gave you every good part and bit of him. Praise King Jesus. And yesterday we also realized that since he did that, in return, we ought to receive him. Praise King Jesus. And we realize that he doesn't stop at receiving. Many have received, but 
It's not a matter of receiving, raising your hands up and confessing those words. We ought to walk in him. Praise King Jesus. We ought to walk in Jesus Walking with Jesus Christ totally describes you. You don't need anyone to come and say, who are you, what are you, and so on. Someone will look at you and see a difference in you because you've received Christ and you've chosen to walk with him. Praise God. And then we went ahead to see that besides receiving and walking with him, we need to get rooted. Are you rooted? Are you rooted with Christ? Being rooted with Christ means that when someone looks at you, they cease to see you, but they see Christ, the hope of glory. That you start producing results so that when an unbeliever is getting surprised at a miracle, for you it is normal. But imagine you are like Christ, and when the lame walk, you start screaming, Praise King Jesus. Because this, you know, us being like Christ, whatever he is, is what we are. Praise King Jesus. And then the Bible told us that we need to be established in him. Praise God. So that was a summary of what we had yesterday. Did you receive him? Are you working in him, not modeling? <laughs> or saying? Hey, praise King Jesus. I have a friend... And I love her so much to the extent that we bonded a lot. And when I, the words I can use to describe her is closer than a sister. We've done life with her. We've gone through everything together. She's a confidant. She's, so yesterday when she watched the sermon, she called me and told me, after watching what you preached, I was compelled to share with you a story that you're privileged to hear today. Our sisterhood secrets. <laughs> so she, I had learned earlier on that the mother had died and the father had moved abroad, but she had never told me the details. You know, when you love someone, you don't ask why, who, where, no. Just like Jesus did. Praise King Jesus. And so she told me they were very young and then their dad got an opportunity to travel to the UK. No sooner had he just arrived, before he even settled in, their mom passed on. Remember, they were very young in Kampala here. But before that, their father had been so strict on the other altars we've been describing. The other ones, the canoe ones of wood, of, eh? having that corner in the house. And every day, whenever the spirit would lead, be it at two, he could come and wake you up and tell you, let's pray. However young they were, when he was led to fast, all of you had to fast. No food was cooked in the house. So to them, they took it as a punishment and they always grumbled. Sometimes he had to wake them up at night to pray. And whenever I would wake them up, they would curse. Like, they hated him for that. But a time came, daddy was not there, and mom had passed on. Life became hard. When life became hard, that's when that altar carried meaning. 
because after everyone had walked away, it remained, it dawned on them that you're left alone. You had to carry meaning out of this life that has not been connected. So the only thing that carried meaning at that time was the place they used to kneel in, kneel at and pray. So whenever everything seemed so heavy, they would go and kneel right there at the altar and pray and believe. And she told me we were in Kampala. We didn't have a garden, but we ate. We drank. We grew. We were educated from that altar. And right now as I talk, they are highly educated. They work in those so-called big offices that you have connections. You have to first get connections to work in. And they are wealthy. Praise King Jesus. But then it came from a point of giving this altar time. However much it was a physical altar, however much they had not gotten the opportunity to learn that actually they are the altar. Once they spared a part, a place, and learned that we can relate with God from here, they made all their prayers and everything from that particular point. And time really counted. Praise King Jesus. She was able to relate and say that the time we really spent at that place, it was painful, it was hard, it costed our sleep. We had to kneel for hours as we prayed. But right now, we have written another story very different from what our canon neighbors, our canon relatives had written for us. Because after all this happened, everyone concluded, what is going to happen with them? The woman who has been here is dead. Look at them. Orphans. But then Christ rewrote their story. Do you know that you're lucky to be here and to have the knowledge of you yourself being the altar? And you remember, Msobazora has told us that we always pray wrongly and God just... So if God could help those ones in that ignorance... How much more you who knows it that Christ is seated within me, that I am the altar of God. Praise King Jesus. Let's turn to the book of Second Samuel, chapter 24, from verse 18. And God came that day to David and said to him, Go up, erect an altar to the Lord, on the threshing floor of Arona, the Jebusite. We are going up to verse 25. So David, according to the word of God, God went up as the Lord commanded. Now Arona looked and saw the king and his servants coming toward him. So Arona went out and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. Then Arona said, why has my lord the king come to his servant? And David said, to buy the threshing floor from you, to build an altar to the lord that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. 
Now Aaron said to David, Let my lord the king take and offer up whatever seems good to him. Look, here are oxen for burnt sacrifice and threshing implements and the yokes of the oxen for wood. 23, all these, O king, Arauna has given to the king. And Arauna said to the king, may the Lord your God accept you. Then the king said to Arauna, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. So the Lord heeded the prayers for the land and the plague was withdrawn from Israel. Praise King Jesus. So let me take you back a little bit. So we are seeing King David and King David is, the, is in the process of building an altar. But how does this come about? At one moment when King David had aged, he called his people and told them to go and carry out like a census. But flashing back, Moses had carried out a census and it actually annoyed God. Praise God. And so when David did that, after it had all been done, he, he came to realize that actually he had done something wrong. Praise God. And so when he realized that, he prayed and started repenting and started asking God to forgive him. So when he prayed, God sent him his prophet, God. And you know what God came and said? He came and told him, David. And that's how God speaks. Through the, you know? You know, most of you wait for those voices. Fiona, behold. But God is already speaking. So God came and told David that this is what the Lord says. Given what you've done, the magnitude of whatever you've done. He has three punishments for you. And you're supposed to choose one. Jay! The first one. He told him that you're going to have seven years of famine. Ah! Remember, he's a king. That is the first one. The second one. You'll be struck by plague for three days. Ah! And the third one, he told him, you are going to be delivered into the arms of your eh, enemies for three days. But you know what that means? Fucking like David. Huh? When David listened to that, he said, huh? it is better to fall before the hands of the Lord for mercy than falling in the hands of, of the enemy. Eh, but still that didn't save him much. The plague befell, and people started dying. People started dying. So David went back and prayed, and prayed, and prayed. And when he prayed, God sent back God. Praise King Jesus. And now that is the story we are reading. And now God came that day to David and said to him, Go up. Erect an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arauna, the Jebusite. Praise King Jesus. Do you remember what we read? Or should we reread it again? You remember? Eh, sharp. <laughs> you sharp. But how can't you be sharp? <laughs> you are like your father. So who can, who can re-echo 24 without looking there? 
praise King Jesus, remembering that this wisdom, we tap it from the spiritual and bring it in the natural. It's not a matter of saying we are like our father, we are sharp, we are wise. Eh? There is a garage. Go bring them. That is at the altar. Praise King Jesus. And so the part I want us to look at most is, let's go to verse 24 and 25, if you can combine them together. Verse 24 and 25. 24 says, Then the king said to Arauna, No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer but offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. There is something really outstanding here. When Arauna had that King David wanted to build an altar. You know, there is a way we all want to be associated with big people. This is a full king. He has come to buy land from me. To make matters worse, he's going to construct an altar for the Lord. I have to be part of it. I have to participate. He's like, okay, you're going to carry out your sacrifice here. I'm giving you the land. I'm giving you everything that you need for this particular altar. So King David was like, no, I can't construct an, my God's altar from a place that has been given to me freely. He realized that he needed to pay a price. So he tells him, no, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. Praise King Jesus. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. You know, when you get married, you receive the name freely, Molly. But you need to be sober enough to run your marriage. And there is a price to pay. Remember, you earned the, the certificate before you've really studied. So you are in a process of studying your partner day in and day out. And the bit of studying this partner is that as you're studying them, you also change and you don't know yourself. So you may think for your constant, come you so changed. You need to discern properly to look at your partner's real colors as yours are also being unfolded. Praise King Jesus. So salvation is free, but it's not cheap. Jesus Christ is our sacrifice, like we have been learning. He went through the pain and the tears, and we received salvation joyfully and happily. We raise our hands and jump and say we are the righteousness of God. Praise King Jesus. But one thing you have to realize is that when we receive Jesus Christ, the first thing we get is life. The only assurance that we who are in Christ have is that we have life and life in abundance. And so even if our loved ones depart from us, we cry and mourn, but we don't mourn like those ones who don't have the assurance. Because we have the assurance that another segment of life has just started. Praise King Jesus. That is the kind of life that Jesus gave us. But another way of relating to life can be time. For example, your life has happened here from five. It's now 6.59. We can still say the time you've spent here 
is roughly 59 minutes. Praise King Jesus. And so, when Jesus gave us life, and he gave it to us in abundance, where does that leave us? You are married. You've gotten the son name. Even the children we will have, they will not be called Miriam, but they become automatically Molly. But are you just going to sit there and become comfortable and say that because I married him? No, I already have the ring. Praise King Jesus. Let's turn to Romans 12 verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable of God, which is your reasonable service. I feel like reading it again. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable of God, which is your reasonable service. Whenever we read this particular scripture, we run to the moral description of it. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable of God. And I'm sure all of us here have fallen victim, apart from these babies here. We've been at a point whereby we've struggled in our might to present ourselves as holy, acceptable of God. Am I lying? You've done that particular thing and you started fasting and the reason why you're fasting is for God to forgive you for that thing. You've taken alcohol and chosen not to take it and you, whenever you're bypassing bars, you're like, Sidabayo. you've lied and you've become a chronic liar that sometimes you even lie and the lie consumes you <laughs> and you think it's real. Then you're like, wait. Am I lying? And after that, we come and read Romans 12.1 and we try to present ourselves holy and acceptable. Praise King Jesus. <laughs> I thank God for Mtumba. <laughs> I thank God for my man of God. But then we take the last bit of this scripture useless, which is your reasonable service. Praise King Jesus. You come to realize that all those things we've been struggling to do, Christ did them. That is the reason why he went to the cross. He went to the cross so that we can become holy and acceptable to God. Praise King Jesus. Right now, irrespective of whatever you did last year, the mere fact that you received him and you can call yourself a perfect altar from the descriptions we've had. When the Lord looks down at you, he sees you holy and acceptable. Praise King Jesus. Remembering that he knew you would do all this before even you were formed. And he paid the price 2,000 years ago. So you trying to fix yourself is actually tiring for nothing. The Bible tells us that he said it is finished. So, the first part of, I beseech you, there are four brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, is not your job. You can't do anything. 
Stop going for overnight in order to become holy. Hmm? Stop doing anything so that you can become holy. There is nothing you can do. You go to the prayer mountain. You waste a full period praying and you're praying and telling God, Manange. he sorted it. But after that, Paul tells us which is your reasonable service. What is reasonable service? What is service? How can we describe service? We are in a century where we are now paid hourly. They pay you according to the time you've worked. It's common in the medical section and those people who have gone abroad. Yeah? If you work for two hours, you'll earn for the two hours. For you, if you know that you are too much on Dutch, 24 hours, as long as you produce results. So, serving and time are actually directly proportional. Praise King Jesus. Mathematics. <laughs> directly proportional. <laughs> huh? But directly proportional means that if service is moving in this direction, even is actually moving in the same direction. There is no moment when we shall have service going north and time is actually going west. Praise King Jesus. And so when I look at this, which is your reasonable service? Which is your reasonable time? After Christ did all that for us, we can't just sit there and rest and tell him, God, you gave me food. God, I, I, disease is not mine. But you who has attained this fullness of Christ, how are you spending your time for the glory of God? Realizing that the only, there is nothing you can give God to replace that. But then you can actually give God a reasonable service, which is time. If in a day you don't talk to God, that means he's not your treasure. As the saying as the saying goes, where treasure, where your heart is, is where the treasure is. We look at marriage because you treasure your wives. You can't spend a day without talking to them because you treasure your children. You always check in on them. You're giving them time. Time is priceless. Time is not renewed. One ugly fact you have to come to believe is that once time goes, it has gone. You will never have that particular time at that age, at that moment coming. The end result is compensation. You're going to pull the activity you're supposed to do yesterday to today because you lost time. Time can never be recovered, my dear. It can't. But then when God gave you life, he gave you time. Of what value are you using your time? If you can wake up in the morning and go back to bed without even relating with him. And as I was writing this sermon, I came to realize that women complicate things. There is only one love language, quality time. Because if you give this person time, you sort everything. You will not complain about communication because you're talking to them. 
How about making that a love language with God? Giving God time. Just in response to what he gave us. That is actually sacrificing. We are in January. Others are eating. Others right now are watching movies. But you are seated here because you've given your time to God. That means you came to a point of realizing that, okay, you've given me the life. How best can I love you back? Let me give you the little that I have, which is time. This time that you've given me, let me share it with you by being in your presence. Are you really giving God time? And it doesn't end at being in church here. We are doing evangelism. Do you realize that you can give your whole life to God? That means giving him your whole time. Just taking part in that evangelism. Look at the discipleship. They tell you MCs meet at this particular time and on this day. But for you, you're so busy. You're not doing that for your MC leader. You're not doing that for your zonal pastor. You're not doing that for your pastor. But you're actually giving back to God. You're actually giving back to God. Time. And time tells. Praise King Jesus. The book of Ecclesiastes describes time, that there is time for everything. There is time for everything. And when we talk about time, a time will come and you realize that I wasted my life. This person had to gain salvation, but they didn't gain it because I was busy slaying. This person needed to be healed, but I didn't give this time because I was watching soccer. This person needed to resurrect from the mortuary, but they remained dead because my time was precious for something else. Remember, we are the altars, and altars produce results. Remembering that an altar is where we tap from the spiritual into the physical. Remembering that you have the fullness of Christ, and so you have everything in you. And remembering that there are very many people who are lacking what you have. But the reason is because you have failed to give God time. It is no offense if you sit in a taxi and preach. Never leave a border person without sharing Christ. Wise men win souls. You're giving time to God, however little the thing you do. Because you have all this on the inside of you. And one thing Musumba always tells me is that you are gifted. The reason why the gifts that you're carrying have not yet started manifesting, one, you don't know, two, you're holding back. You people, you have all this. We are the answers that this world needs. We are the solutions to every single problem out there. There is a, a, a post that has been moving. People have been looking for racist negative, on, on, on negative blood. But if you can provide that blood physically and rejuvenate life, you carry more than that blood. 
You carry more than that half liter of blood. And as I was moving everywhere, the blood bank is really, people are donating. But the reason why lives are really ending miserably, we have all this and we are seated on it. Because we are busy. Because we are loving on ourselves. Because we are doing work and we need to be paid. Yet we are the solutions. When Christ was moving, he sorted everything. If it was a party, he joined the party and turned water into wine. If it was mourning, he wept and the dead. If it was sickness, he felt sorry and healed the sickness. But we are living in a situation whereby we ourselves, we record that fast and post it on TikTok. Yet we are the solution. We are living in a dilemma whereby you bypass someone being beaten and you walk away. And the next day they'll announce them dead. Because we don't have time. Yet we are the solution. Yet we carry this fullness. And at the end of the day we stand and say we are born again. We are Christ-like. But remember, we received him. We have to walk in him. Are we walking the way he walked? We can't be at workplaces where things are not going right and we settle with that. Just by the mere fact that we are the righteousness of God. We have the power to be in that workplace and things get right. Musumba was telling us that you reach your office and you find Juju there and you also scream, Why? Hello, Musumba! Really? So you have to stand and do what Christ did so that someone will be able to stand and say, Otherwise, we are living normal lives. What really differentiates you from those people who go to the bus? What? They have time. You have time. They are using their time. You're not using their time. Your time. So you remain equal. And there's a statement that says that the mere fact that you're still living, God is not done with you yet. But remember, he sorted it all at Calvary. So what is he doing? Is he upgrading the kind of Jesus in you? No. He's looking at you and waiting for you to count your time in the right way. He's waiting for you to make sense in the life that you're living. He's waiting for you to walk the walk that Christ walked. He's waiting for you to be that godly solution in whatever place you are in. That's why you're still breathing. Otherwise, you'd have started, you, you, you know, you're already in eternal life. You would have been in phase two of eternal life. <laughs> Praise King Jesus. So how much time are you giving God, you as his altar? Or you have an appointment, you set a reminder. At six, I'll wake up and pray, then go out. At lunchtime, I'll go and say the Lord's Prayer and move. An appointment. Or are you literally walking with him? How strongly are you serving God? Believe me, you will serve God with grumbling. We are working in church, but you end up blaming Pastor Jay. Pastor Jay, Pastor Jay, are you serving Pastor Jay? If things don't go right, you forget that you're here by the grace of God and you're here to serve God. Did anyone call you from down there? No. 
God brought you and for a reason. So don't blame. But are you using your time? We need to increase the salary. No. If you're getting salary, that is just a benefit. But the biggest thing should be serving God. This is not only here. I normally tell myself that as I treat people, I treat the spirit. I treat the body and I treat the spirit. I joke a lot, but in the middle of that joking, I saw a seed. No patient passes my hands and God doesn't appear anywhere. Intentionally. Because I know God has placed me there to change time for many people. Are you an engineer? Are you a lawyer? Are you a businesswoman? Are you doing business in a timely way that is going to glorify God? Or you're also making money. How you do something is as important as what you do. That is not only with the work that we do, but even the time that we give God after what he did for us. So, serving means the time you've spent doing something. Praise King Jesus. And one thing I want to assure you is that once you spend time with God, you reap big. You realize that even Uganda, however much we have potholes, when there is a government worker and they make 60 years, these people give them pension as an appreciation for the time they have spent serving the government. So if the government of Uganda can give pension to people, a reason, how much more you, if you serve God reasonably? Praise God. So if Museveni can give pension, how much more God? We can't even compare it. We can't even relate it. But it's the time you're spending with God. Praise God. And that is entirely, if you choose to give God time, you've actually sacrificed yourself for God. That is when you become a sacrifice. Praise God. And the beauty with a living sacrifice, most of you know that they crawl off the altar. Do you know the beauty with a living sacrifice? A living sacrifice walks itself to the altar. And the reason why it's called a living sacrifice is because it makes the decision so bad. Just like the way Uganda matters looked at everything and chose God over Mwanga. They chose to be living sacrifices. So when you choose to be in Christ, no one forced you to come and give your life to Christ. You've given yourself up to become an altar of God. Sacrifices that don't have say like goats and the cows that you were rearing then they first tie them meh, meh, 
Poor goats are not willing. Babu Siva, and they take them to the altar. And they make noise still when they die. That is not the case with you. You make the choice. You made the choice. And you walked into it. And you became the altar of God. And so giving God your time is just as natural and simple. Like the way you gave yourself to God. You don't need to be reminded that you are part of the worship team. If that is the way of giving God your time, just give it to him wholeheartedly. You don't need to be reminded that we need numbers to increase in your MC. Because if you've given God time, you will do evangelism, you will do discipleship, and there will be growth. We walked. We are living sacrifices. And we walked into being altars on our own. That's why Raphael, Alana, and Antonella can't convince us that they have gotten born again. Because if Alana tries to mention the words of receiving Christ, it will be a new type of tongues. You have to be sober. Praise King Jesus. Praise King Jesus. And so today, I'll leave you with this. How are you walking this walk? How are you spend giving God your reasonable service? Are you going to take the land from Alaum for free or are you going to pay for it? David paid for the land where he built God's altar. And likewise, you giving God time, you're paying for it. Praise King Jesus. My friends, however cannot they were, they were able to get results from that altar because they gave it time. Because they prayed and prayed and prayed. So are you going to give God your reasonable service? Are you going to give God time? Just as a reciprocation of the great love that he has for us. Just like the way two married people, because your husband loved you and chose you out of the many, it becomes so natural for you to submit and love them and take care of them and cherish them. That is how natural and simple it should be for us. To give God reasonable service, to give God time. Because when he loved us, he came to us and by the grace of God, we received him. We accepted him. There are those who don't have that grace yet. Who are wandering without direction. Who don't know what tomorrow holds. 
but we are living in the certainty. Because when he came to us, we didn't reject him, we welcomed him, and we chose to walk in him. We chose to become his altars where he can dwell. We chose to be available to tap from the spirit into the natural. And that is not only in your life. Because we're walking like Jesus. We do just what Christ did. So if you're tapping into the spiritual to become rich, to become beautiful, to become dark or brown, you're being selfish. A sacrifice is done for another person in pain. We are to tap from the spiritual to change lives. We are to tap from the spiritual to bring health. We are to tap from the spiritual to bring solutions. Praise God. So if your altar is burning up, if you're sending the aroma to God, How are you spending that time? What results are you producing? Because the more time you're going to give God, the more the results you're going to show. And the more it will become evident that you are in this world, but you're not of this world. Praise God. And so I would like us in the remaining two minutes to just stand up and tell God that we are ready. When we say that we are ready to be used by God, it's not to use us to look beautiful on the compound. But we are giving God time. We are telling him, God, out of all the hours you've given us, I'm available for you. Use me to change the city church. Use me to change Luzira. Use me to change Nakawa. Use me to change Buganda. Use me to change Uganda. And the world is waiting for me. I'm available, Lord. I'm available. Use me to touch your people. Use me to transform lives. Use me, God, to heal the sick. Use me to sort corruption. God, I'm available for you. I'm more than ready. I've surrendered my time to you. This is just a simple response that I can give for the greatness, for the big love that you poured into my life. Tell him all the time that I have, it's all here. I'm ready to serve you reasonably. I'm ready to serve you reasonably. I'm ready to give you time for your own glory. For your own magnification. As your altar, I will always burn. I'll always burn and give you essence and give you a sweet aroma. As your altar, this is a decision that you make when you receive Christ. It doesn't stop with you attaining life. But the life that you attain, someone else somewhere needs it. Someone needs it. Someone needs that life. Someone needs that peace. Someone needs that joy. And you can only give this peace, this joy, and this life to others by giving time for God. 
Father, we bless you and we glorify your name. We thank you because you're always with us. And Father, we thank you because even when we are working with ignorance, you're always there to guide us and show us the right path. We glorify and we thank you for the son that you sent us as a living sacrifice to die for our sins. We thank you for the life that you gave us and gave, gave it to us in abundance. We glorify and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on 706 or 776 579